Today we are learning all about neurolinguistic programming and how to easily implement some of the tools into our everyday life. Plus, make sure you listen to the end of the show where I have a very important announcement about the Love Life Show. Welcome to Love Life, featuring your host, Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. For many years, I've been asked if I'd studied NLP, and initially I had no idea what people were talking about, and more interestingly, why they thought I had. So when a four-day course came to Adelaide, I jumped on it to attend and see what it was all about, and I loved it. I feel many highly sensitive people are born with advanced skills that are now recognized as being a part of NLP, so I believe many of you are going to enjoy today's episode. Neurolinguistic programming is a fascinating field that is widely used and extremely popular in many industries, industries such as self-help, therapy, sports, education, coaching, performance, politics, and of course the corporate world, particularly in sales. Neuro refers to your neurology, linguistic refers to language, and programming refers to how that neural language functions. In other words, learning NLP is a bit like learning the language of your own mind. So I approached one of the Love Life Tribe members, Peter Lennon, to discuss NLP with me after some awesome comments that he had posted in the Love Life Tribe giving some great NLP tips. Peter initially felt there were people he could put me in touch with who were much better, he said, at explaining NLP. However, I know you listeners will agree with me that Peter is perfect to talk about this. Not only does he talk in a way that we can easily understand, he also is familiar with our language and tools and philosophy that we talk about in the show. Peter is a certified NLP practitioner as well as a neurosemantics and a meta-coach. Now, it's important to know that NLP is a huge topic that could really have its own show. However, we attempt to discuss what we can in this one episode, including talking about foundational elements, rapport skills, being present, meeting people where they're currently at, state management, normalization, plus Peter teaches us how to utilize a change state and a swish tool. One of the things I love about NLP is that the basis of it, or maybe it could be called philosophy, it's got some really gorgeous wisdom that's perfect to apply to everyday life, particularly the guideline to meet someone at where they are at. I start by asking Peter about this. When we get to talking a lot about NLP, it it should sound very familiar to a lot of people because it's modelling actually what we do in day-to-day life. So this should sound very familiar uh, and, 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 and not something new at all. Uh, there might be some elements of it that, that, that sound new. But really what foundational to it all are what we call the presuppositions. So they are beliefs that we take into the practice at the start, that we just, we just believe because we feel that they are good beliefs to have. So, And there's a whole bunch of them, but some of those presuppositions that I think are important is that the one I I guess I like the most is that everyone is doing the best with the resources they have. I love that. I find that a very freeing understanding to have in life because it enables us to 
see that somebody is not deliberately being hurtful or manipulative or damaging or any any behavior that is a negative behavior, they're not deliberately doing this. Yeah. They're doing it because that's the best they can do at the moment. And it's that, working that, for them on some level. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. For for whatever reason the beliefs have built up over time, the behaviours that they've developed over the years, uh, the, the, the self-awareness that they have. Everyone at, that, at this time is doing the best with the resources that they have. And, and so you drop judgment as a result of that. Uh, and you and I have spoken this, uh, about this before uh, when we've talked about my, my marriage breakup. But... It, it was something that helped me through that because I was able to drop, drop judgment straight away uh, because, uh, you know, I had to assume that my ex-wife was doing the best with the resources that, that, that she has. But it's very important if you're trying to actually influence someone to a new way of being. Um, I, I, I heard in a recent podcast of yours where someone was talking about getting into, I guess, uh, energy um, battles with with someone else, having different views with 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 uh, someone else. But if you adopt this presupposition that they're actually doing the best with the resources, with the knowledge, with the behaviours that they have, then you know you can't you can't actually judge them. So that's that's one of the the foundational um, beliefs. Another one would be. Uh, that and this is really important, and, and this is this might be a little different for um, some people listening to this podcast, but no one is broken. Last week's podcast is exactly all around that that nobody is broken, nothing needs fixing. That's it, nothing and I love that. Fixing. Okay, so what then comes from that is typically NLP is used as a generate for generative change not therapeutic change. Now, it can be used for therapy. And, and, and I've seen, you know, in the, the forum uh, that um, – in the forum. Gee, that's an old term, isn't it? Oh, we're in the 80s now. <laughs> we are, yeah. We are in the 80s. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Actually, it would have been 90s. 90s, the oh, forum, yeah. yeah. In the Facebook group. Just in the Facebook group. That's the forum. Um you know, I have seen people actually using it for therapy, and that's okay. But where it, it gets its greatest power, its greatest leverage, is looking at generative change, which means accepting where you are, accepting the wholeness of of where you are and who you are, um, and then looking at where you want to be or the person you want to be to going forward, and then modelling how you get to that that stage so it's it's another important presupposition i love that because you know a couple of weeks ago we had kerry pothouse uh, the olympic gold medalist uh, on and she talked about modeling that was a really important part of her becoming an olympic gold medalist and um and i think this is another belief that is applicable to nlp is that if any human has done it then potentially any human can do it. Yes. And she quoted that. And I I was then, as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today with NLP, I realized that her mindset coach had definitely given her some great NLP tools and skills to use. Yeah, absolutely. NLP is just modeling 
uh, our subjective experience of the world. And, and that's why it's, it, it, it feels or, and, and sounds so familiar. So, um, and NLP at its root is a model of communication. It's just modeling how we take our subjective experience of the world, internalize it and form our, what we, what we might call our map of the world. And we know we're just, we're, we've got about 8 billion people on earth, somewhere around that number. And we know that there are 8, 8 billion different maps of the world, you know, 8 billion different experiences of, of the world. And yet, the information that's coming into uh, each one of us is exactly the same, but we represent it differently. Mm-hmm. And so it's a model that explains how that's done and then how we then use that map of the world to then uh, direct how we um, interact with the world around us as a result of that internal representation. So it's a, a very accepting way of knowing that each person's behaviour either is or was fulfilling a positive intention at that time. Yeah, so even those behaviours that aren't working for us are there for a positive reason. They've worked for us on some level in our past, but they're now no longer working for us. I find it a very loving, heart-centred way of being coached or guided or given additional tools to be able to move towards a different goal because it is so compassionate, I find, NLP in its purest form. I know there's many different forms and I know that really NLP has evolved so much. It used to be very strict kind of regulated guidelines and now there's a million versions of it out there and so many people learn different NLP skills and then apply it in their own individual way. But I find it's a very, when I say heart-centered, I think the word's nurturing. Like it's almost soothing because you're not broken Everything was okay. It's fine. We accept. We don't need to go looking for the cause. We're looking for the solution. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I agree. Uh, I, you know, I was, when you first started talking about it, I was struggling with the heart-centred side of thing because that, that's, I guess, a, um, a, a judgment, I guess, to some extent. But... Um, I you always have... look for the heart, Peter. The heart's got to be yeah, in sure everything. That's my thing, you know. <laughs> I'm not the love doctor for no reason. But the <laughs> heart thing is what I really mean by that is what do I mean? I mean love. Oh, look, I agree with you. I not agree fear. with you. There's no fear. I don't see fear in NLP. And that's what I really like because there's a lot of different modalities out there that will use fear. And that's okay yeah. too if it's appropriate at a certain situation. That that yes. doesn't appear to be here, which is why I find it a very high vibrational and method. I, I think that's really important because there are lots of different modalities and this is not saying that this modality is better than the others, but if this works for you, you know, something we all, always talk about in NLP, it's try it on. Uh, you know, NLP is not a – oh, geez, people might shoot me down for this um, – it's, it, it's not like an evidence-based science as in this is a thing that will work for everybody. 
it will work for some people. Try it on. If it works for you, great. And the idea I always find with the Love Life Tribe is that we want to get as many resources out there for people to be able to try. You know, I, I love the idea of each person being their own healer, their own coach, you know, be self-empowered with the tools to know what can work for you as an individual and what works in a given situation. So when you're faced with that situation, you can call on that. You use NLP in your everyday life, not just as a practitioner, but as a person, as a human, interacting yes. with your, your family and your friends. Yeah, look, it's, it's, the, it's like the movie um, The Matrix, you know, in that scene when the blue you know, pill you know, or the red the pill? Blue, yeah, and I always forget forget which one's the good one. <laughs> I always forget not. too, but well, 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 that, well that is a judgment. You're right. Neither are. That's absolutely yeah. right. What you're saying though is that you and I would want. I think it's the blue pill. Blue, I think. Yeah. So once you have the blue pill, you cannot not, <laughs> or at the same time you can because we love paradox in NLP. We love paradox, uh, but you cannot not. Uh, start using it in your life because I think um, oh I wish I had that quote near me I think it was Fritz Perl who was a, a psychotherapist um, I think it was him said something about just bringing awareness to uh, a difficulty or a challenge that you might be having bringing some self awareness to it is almost uh, this is not what Fritz Perl said I'm I'm now. Us, um, now Peter Lenning, yep. Yeah, I'm Peter Lenning. Um, it's it's eighty percent there. It I can absolutely be agree. Just by itself. Absolutely, in many situations, that's absolutely true. And yeah. you know, and that whether that's limiting beliefs or identifying issues from the past or patterns of behaviour or upper limits or whatever it is, just an awareness is such a huge aha moment that the shift can so often occur, yeah, which is exciting. So what are some of the ways that you use NLP in your everyday life or with your family? I, I use it in sales and, and, and business development because there you're basically coaching someone through change. Um, so it, it's, it's exactly the same. It's a, it's a generative gener, – oh, wow, that word's hard to say after the third time. It's a generative <laughs> change that you are looking for. You are trying to facilitate someone through the process of change. So I've used it there all the time. And, and it's the same in your family. You know, when you're trying to help uh, family members with challenges, you're trying to facilitate them through the process of change. And facilitation is a really important word there because it's another presupposition that in NLP we assume that us as the person who might be coaching or the parent or the sport coach or just the friend trying to help someone, we have the questions, but our assumption is that person has all the answers. So we're not trying to give them answers. It's not like being a mentor. It's different to being a mentor. It's not like being um, being a trainer. It's not like being a manager. Or a, uh, it, it is about facilitating their their growth. So um, and and another foundational uh, element of NLP is the idea of rapport. Um, you can only facilitate someone from one state 
to another state. Now, I'm not talking about ACT to New South Wales. I'm talking about a state of being that's not working for someone to a state of being that will work, that will empower someone. You can only facilitate them through that process if you have rapport. Um, and and when we're talking about rapport, we're not talking about, you know, you, you both follow the same footy team. That may help. Um, or you like the same going to the same musical at the theatre, uh, that may help as well. But there's a whole lot of uh, – uh, we've been able to model rapport, basically, uh, and I heard you talking about this recently. Uh, it, it goes with matching someone's breathing. It goes to uh, uh, being able to use the same tonality uh, in, in voice, and, and we do this naturally. So when you're in rapport with someone – you will notice, if you have some acuity, you will notice that you are breathing like them. You're using words like them. You might be using, you know, if you've been overseas, often you'll find you start tending tending to talk like the local people. Put the accent on, don't you? Yes. You put the accent on. Yes, the same You're in America, you say, yes, ma'am, thank you. You know, and I I wouldn't use ma'am in 20 years in and you're not doing it to be, you know, a dick. Um, <laughs> can I say that? I just did, I think. Uh, you're just doing it. It just, it just happens, and that's because the rapport is building. So there's lots of things that you kind of um, take on, and what's really happening is you're getting insight into their map of their, the world, their internal representation, and that's what rapport is. And so once you've got that, then you can lead them to a different way of thinking. Um, and, and, and again, I heard you say this recently, it's not static, it changes. And so you need to keep an eye out for those things, you know, the, the tonality of voice, the, the volume of voice, the breathing patterns, the, you know, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a really good story. Like um, how many years ago now, 15 years ago, um, I was in the corporate world and we were um, doing some business with Richard Pratt's group, uh, the Visi Group. They were building a, a big $200 million new pulp and paper mill and we were one of the main contractors and we had a very, very good relationship with them. And we were sitting around the boardroom and there was probably 10 of us and all of a sudden I found, and I was leading our, our involvement with that, Uh, all of a sudden I found that when they were sitting back and putting their hands behind their head, I was sitting back and putting my hands behind my head. Uh, uh, And when they leant forward, put their elbows on the table, I was doing the same thing. I was absolutely shocked. I thought, what are you doing, Pete? You're mimicking them. So I started doing the opposite. When they were putting their hands back around their head, I'd start leaning forward, but I couldn't maintain it. And You couldn't influence them to be... Leaning forward, yes, I could. But when they were in, when they were when they were in charge, when they were in conversation, and I was just off the side. Oh, you were off the side. Okay, yeah, right. So you weren't actually in they, rapport they with them. Yeah, because I was breaking rapport then. Yes, you know? that's right. Yes, I didn't understand this though at the time. I always do I, this as a fun little airport game when I'm sitting at the airport board. I'll always do the the let's let's make eye contact and yawn, and then yeah, they'll yeah, yawn. Yeah, yeah, right, it, it's actually yeah. a lot of fun to really you know play around with this. It's yeah. it's quite a powerful tool. Body language mimicking, putting yourself in rapport, but equally take yourself out. 
it, it's it's rapport is foundational to uh, NLP, and you know if you if you go learn NLP, you know say with the coaching room, um, it, it's a can be a seven day fourteen day process, and then you can do your master another fourteen days, and we're going to talk about it over twenty thirty minutes. You know, yeah, so exactly. Much. That's right. Yes. Look, yeah. I went and did a four day NLP course and uh, and learnt a lot. But I also realized that the masters, the true masters of NLP, they're not doing just that one tool. They are actually guiding you using probably half a dozen tools all at once, such as the rapport. And so this is where NLP becomes really complex and very hard to explain, I believe, because the master practitioner is really going to be looking at the breathing, looking at the body language, looking, uh, listening for tone, listening for certain words. They're looking for all these different, I call them energetic signs in my world, but yeah. they're looking for all of that to lead the client in the specific exercise to get the best results. They, they are, and here's a really nice connection to the Love Life um, show and, and- is really, I guess, how I – well, I don't know how I discovered the Love Life show either. You guys just walked into my life one day somehow. And, uh, we and, wake you and, up at three in the morning with our upstairs management. That's right. Said, Pete, it's that's, time. Well, it's upstairs management. Here we go. We talk the same language in NLP, and this is why I found I didn't find – because I, I wasn't a very spiritual person when I have discovered the Love Life uh, show, but maybe I was. Uh, but the whole idea of upstairs management is – the same so there are lots and lots of patterns that can be used and a master practitioner will have an understanding of all those patterns but at the moment they're not paying attention to any of that they're just being present with that client or that family member or whoever they need to be and they're they're trusting they're leaving it to their upstairs management yes which can also be your subconscious yeah, that's right. You know, NLP we- will typically say it's our subconscious. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, since the Love Life um, show, it might be some, you know, well, you tell me. It oh, might, it be, might some, be an entity from the highest, most purest white vibrational light. Could be that. <laughs> and it could be a whole bunch of things in between. And, you know and it really but, doesn't but I matter. Don't know. I don't know. I will go on record as saying I talk about my upstairs management all the time. Uh, which for me are often spirit guides, angels, gods, ascending masters that work through me and with me. However, it could be my higher self. It could be yes. my subconscious. Yep. It could be that I'm, tele- I'm doing telepathy with some guru that's walking this planet in this time-space reality right now. I don't know. Really, I don't care. Yeah. I just know it works for me. But, yeah. And I guess that leads to part of these exercises. When you get these individual exercises in NLP, as you master one, it becomes a part of your subconscious way of being that you no longer have yes. to give it conscious thought. And then it's time, grab another tool and add that in and add that in and add that in. We transcend to a different, a, a higher level and include everything that's we've had before, if that oh, makes sense. Oh, I like sense. that. Yes, I do. Yes. I do. So it's like, it's like you know, you often talk about the um, inner child. Yes. Uh, and we would talk about it slightly different in NLP, not mm-hmm. that anything's right, but the energy we have for that inner child is right here, right now. New energy to that inner child, so we're not trying to go back and fix that. 
that is well this is actually one of the things i do love about nlp is that there isn't going back and fixing no you know now i'm a fan of going back and fixing absolutely in certain situations but i'm also a fan i've got clients that i say no we're not going to worry about that i don't think you need to no. You know, I and it's the same as some, you'll go to past lives and others, most I'll say, no, don't worry about that unless you feel you have to. You know, there's, there's the collection of NLP tools, I feel, adds into the collection of every other tool that we've got so that we can choose what resonates right with us in any given situation to be self-empowered, to be able to move forward however best we do it, which comes right back to the beginning of the conversation, which is we are all doing the best that we can do in any given moment. So let's have as many tools as possible so we can do our best in any given moment. Yep. Peter, can we do a quick exercise? Should we do the switch one? Yeah, we can We can do the switch one. Um, what, what I can do is talk, talk it through, I guess, uh, uh, Intellectually, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'll just have to explain something very quickly, uh, and it's another, it's, it's another presupposition, but it's about states. So states are our way of being. You know, it could be a curious state. It could be a fun state. It could be a playful state. You know, lots and lots and lots of different states. And our what we say is our quality of our life is dependent on the quality of our states. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I can be a bit curious. I can be, um, you know, I can be a bit sinister today. Um, and, and so in any, so as a, as a trainer, there will be, if I'm training people, there will be a whole bunch of states that I want to, that, that a good trainer should have, you know, so, uh, and, and I can include all those states and I can, in NLP, I can put them all in a circle and I can turn the volume up and make it all colourful and, and walk into that and actually embody all those states. So that's a, that's a little process. A lot of NLP is about state management. It, it's, again, it's 80%, 90% there. That's another 80 or 90% there one. So I don't know how that works out mathematically, but I think you get the point. I do. Um, you know, and... At every moment, someone has the opportunity to move into a new state if you have the self-awareness. If you have been happy before, then you have access to that state. Right. Right now and right. every time. Yes. If you've, if you've had to be a confident speaker, if, you, if you're about to turn up and talk to, you know, 200 people in a, a, a lecture theatre... Uh, and you're feeling nervous because you don't like public talking and all that sort of stuff, but you have been a confident person in another context, that resource is available for you right now. You just need to have the awareness about it and, and learn how to bring that resource to where you are right now. Nice. And, and, and it's easy to do. Well, we can talk about the, the, the swish pattern. So the swish pattern is about... It's about substituting a, an, an unresourceful state or an unresourceful behaviour uh, and bringing in a more resourceful state. In fact, many, many of the patterns are to do with exactly that. They're to remove an unresourceful state that, that has worked for you previously but right now is just not working for you. 
And All right, well, I've got one you. that I want to work on. Should we actually use me as a live guinea pig? Sure. I'm being bold. Show your vulnerability. All righty. So I, my desired state would be somebody who likes to be physically active. And my current state is that I just am unmotivated and it's not happening. But I've had a previous state where I used to love dancing. I was a dancer and then I was a choreographer. So I've definitely had a period in my life where I've been in the state of loving, you know, full-on physical activity. Have a think about that unresourceful state and and put yourself in that place right now. Mm -hmm. And as you're doing that, just communicate that state with us and the listeners. So what are you feeling? What are you, what are you hearing? What, what are you noticing in your body? That it's heavy and feels lethargic. Okay. And, 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 and what is this state? This state is unmotivated. State resistance, unmotivated. Resistance to physical exercise. Okay. And, and so you're feeling heavy, you were saying? Yes. Yep. And where are you feeling a heavy, heaviness in your, in your my body? Bot- in my bottom that sits on the chair all the time. <laughs> I made you snort. <laughs> yeah, you, you did make me snort. Please, can we edit that out? No. Uh, all right. Presupposition, you're exactly where you need to be. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. So you're feeling that heaviness in your bottom. Uh, how's it affecting your breathing? Uh, it's it's actually it quite right shallow. And, shallow. And, yeah. Okay. And, and what is the new state? That, that I would like to get to? Yeah. I would like to see myself riding push bikes with my family or yeah. going for runs in the morning, feeling free, running and having the wind f- flow through my hair. And going to go off process here just to, to demonstrate what just happened. I don't know if you noticed the difference, uh, and, and I, I reckon people listening to the podcast will, will have heard the difference in your voice? Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't watching you because I, I guess I was being present. Oh, my body language uh, changed. My chin oh, came your up. Body. Yeah, my I just, I my shoulders back. went back. I was my spine you're, straightened. You're six foot tall. Yes, I was. All all of a sudden. That's right. Whereas before you were, you you are hunched and, and you weren't yeah. putting it on. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. No, no. no. So <laughs> we've almost just done a, a, a swish pattern there, uh, but we, you've just done a state change. Yes. So now it's about actually bringing that into to reality. So the swish pattern is is about is about seeing that old that old cue, that old picture, that old way of being, and 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 reducing that. So we need to explain. We we see our memories. It's like a movie theater. It's it's like seeing a, a movie from frame to frame to frame to frame to frame, and and we give each one of those memories. You know, energy. We we mark it with with old sounds, old 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 thinking patterns, and, and and that's what you've actually just done done then. You know, so it's like a it's like a movie theater, and you, and and the swish pattern is about grabbing that old way of of being and reducing it in size, in volume. Uh, um, it, you know, seeing it as a circle and really decreasing the circumference of that and then physically pushing it off to the side and at the, and this is where the switch comes in 
all of a sudden bringing in the new view, the new way of seeing things. And, so I've and- just done that with – I just reduced down the image of sitting on a couch feeling heavy or on a chair feeling heavy – I yep. just reduced that down. I set it down to the, I don't know if that's right, but bottom left. I can't remember. It's a year since I did NLP. Um, and then I brought in the image of running with my hair blowing and, and, and doing the odd, you know, step ball change, which is a little dance move as I'm running. And yep. that felt good. So I swished that up. Is that yeah, what I did? That's it. That's it. And you move it straight in to, to your view straight away and that's the swish pattern and there are lots and lots of other patterns that do exactly the same thing that are just slightly different the pattern's less important than what's actually happened you've done that just then and i can see your body's different i can see you're motivated the the only difference is making it a a behavior making it a, a pattern but but understanding that's available to you right now well, I can actually feel, because this is something I've wanted to really, it's on my vision board. You know, we did an episode a few month, about a month or so ago about creating new vision boards. And on there, yep. there is a lot around my physical health. And and one of them is a girl running and another is a girl on a bike, riding a bike yep. through, you know, beautiful countryside. Um, but I can actually feel that there is a greater motivation within me. Now, I'm not motivated just yet after that one exercise to go outside and go for a run. But I believe that if I do this exercise of changing my state yep. as well as the little swish, yep. I believe that I will be motivated very soon to actually start doing that. So yep. I'll share so you- in the Facebook group how I go. I'll put myself on as a little right, experiment. That, that sounds good. Here's another important thing in NLP. Uh, there's a model. In fact, it's a, I think it's a neurosemantic model. Uh, it's called the be-do-have model, which goes something like this. The results you have are directly related to the things you do. The things you do are directly related to the person you be, which is not very good English, but is, is important. Um, if it was a person you are, that would mean you're at effect of things outside you where the person you be, you're at choice, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, there is much greater leverage at the be than the do. So if you you want to be a runner, you need to work on the be part, which is what what you've just done. Uh, Because really, and this this, this is a big thing that hit me one day because I've never been a runner. I've always hated running and it hit me one day. The only difference between a runner and me is a runner runs. That, that's it. It's about nominalization. It's about um, being really aware of the language and how we, we, we use language to create our world. So, so nominalization is... Um, is is where we turn verbs into nouns in language, um, and they they because we use them as nouns in our language, we we they feel like a noun, they sound like a noun, but they're not really a noun; they're a verb. Can you give us an example? Oh, lots and lots. Uh, let's do anxiety because I know we talk about anxiety a lot. We we talk we talk about anxiety in language as a noun. You know, if you, if you looked at it in the dictionary, it would have a noun. But it's, 
it's actually a, it's actually well, it's actually an adjective, uh, as in anxious thinking. But we've nominalized it and we've turned it into a noun. But you can't anxiety. You can't you can't kind of trip across some anxiety on the ground and pick it up and put it in your pocket. You can't um, you know stick it in the microwave and put it on thirty seconds and put it on high and, and cook it up a bit. Uh, it actually doesn't exist. It only exists in language. It's a construct of language. Well, this is where I think I would say similar. When people identify with an ailment, you know, I have this. Yes. Yep. And it's like, well, or, or that it's almost like I am this. Yes. And it's like, no, yep. you're not. You're not your illness or your disease or your. Is that an example of what you're talking about? It, 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 it is very similar because what people do is then, I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you don't. You are doing anxiety. It is something you can model. It's something you can watch. It is something that you actually do. You're doing it. Someone in my family who might have anxiety, they might only do the anxiety for 15% of their day. Yeah. You do it very well at that time, but the other 85% of the day, you don't do yeah. it. So it's not something you have. It's something that you do. And in fact, you do it very well. It's a skill that you have learnt. You, you might have missed how you've actually grew that skill, but it's something that you've – it's like being a really good soccer player. It's something that you have developed over the years, and now you're very, very good at it. Esteem. We haven't done esteem. Self-esteem is a nominalization. It does not exist. It is a verb yes, to esteem yourself. Self-worth, self-respect, <laughs> self-actualization. Yes, yeah. and, and it's something that you do. It's a behavior that you do, and, and oh, I wish we had time to go through that. It's a behavior that brings acceptance um, and awe to yourself just because you breathe, just because you exist, just because you're, a, you know, a child of the universe or God, that's esteeming yourself. But we've lost that for, for, for lots of good reasons. People talk about high self-esteem and low self-esteem and what you can do to get high self-esteem. It's conditional. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. Don't want, we don't want self-esteem or self-value to be conditional on anything. It's just a process of esteeming yourself just because you exist. And and my my, my kids, 13, 10-year-old, they get this, which is really important. So I'm hoping that they won't have issues with high self-esteem, low self-esteem, because it doesn't exist. You can't have high self-esteem. Yep. You can esteem yourself or not, it's, but it's a choice. And it's available to you at any time. Peter is available to be booked for private sessions and also has a podcast being released soon called The You Matter Project. If you want to get in touch with Peter, head to theumatterproject.com.au and the link is in the show notes. Now, as promised, here is my announcement about The Love Life Show. So beautiful Love Life tribers and listeners, I've had some tears today as I made some notes of things I wanted to share with you. And as Love Life is always about emotion and individual personal truths, 
It's long overdue that I share with you my struggle and ask for your help. Now, this doesn't come easily to me, and yes, I know this is my stuff. However, it's time for me to speak my truth with you all. I don't know if I can keep producing the show for much longer unless I can get your help. This show is my passion, and for the past four and a half years, it's been a love job, a weekly responsibility that I cherish doing. Each week, giving you the very best I've got to offer of what I know about emotional intelligence, helping people to overcome everyday challenges they face, embracing sensitivity, encouraging, inspiring, and of course, loving ourselves. I want to share with you some of the history of the Love Life Show so that you can understand why I need to ask for your help. Back in late 2012, Beck and I were invited to start the show as part of the Wellness Couch podcast website. At the time, we'd meet once each fortnight for about 90 minutes and we'd record two 30-minute episodes. We then emailed the audio recording, done very simply on my phone, off to the Wellness Couch, who would produce the show, upload it to iTunes and do all the techie things on the website, etc., and promote the show, all free of charge. Now, this changed a few years later when we needed to leave the wellness couch, and hence we funded the costs of the show from then. But since October 2016, when I started hosting the show solo, the costs and time associated with producing the show have skyrocketed. I am now spending two days each week servicing the Love Life show and the Love Life tribe, and I love it. I love it dearly, but it's not paying the bills. This time includes things like researching the shows, meeting with potential guests, recording the show, preparing show notes, editing the show, hosting the website, having all the techie stuff done by Luke, answering listeners' emails and Facebook messages, participating in the Facebook group. I also had to purchase a second laptop that was dedicated only to recording the show because I didn't want to run the risk of the computer problems and preventing a show from happening. I purchased software to record guests, a high quality microphone and stand, editing software, database software, website hosting, website building and so on. So unfortunately, this has now become a very expensive show to produce and maintain, both financially and with time. And this also comes at a time in my life when I'm spending more time with my beautiful children and less time producing an income with my business, Social 8. I really want to continue to record the show, and so I'm humbly asking for your help. If I'm to continue to do this, I need to ask for support in funding the production of the show. Basically, I need to get paid to do the show. I'm guessing most people would not realise the thousands of dollars it takes to produce the show and, and have it easily accessible and on demand. And I guess that most people also wouldn't realise the time that seriously is involved. So if you too want to see the show continue, and I so hope that you do, then I want to ask you to become a patron of the show by making a monthly donation. I've set up a Patreon website to enable you to easily do this. You can donate as little as $1 per month. That's only 25 cents per episode. And you're able to cancel your contribution at any point. There's no tricky locking contract things. If each listener could donate a dollar per month, then the show can keep being produced. And if you're willing to donate more than a dollar per month, then that will help us to stabilize the show quicker. 
I've also taken this opportunity with Patreon to set up some goals of what could be produced with the right amount of support. You can now have your name acknowledged on our patrons list on our website, have your question answered in a future episode, get access to bonus post-show conversations with guests, have your business promoted, there'll be discounts on services and much more. So to see how you can fund the production of the show, please head to patreon.com forward slash love life show and I'll put the link in the show notes. Other ways you can help to keep the show being produced is by sharing both the podcast and the Patreon page with your friends or those who you feel will benefit from the content or have benefited from the content. The more listeners we get, the more likely we are to gain more patrons. The more patrons we get, the stronger the guarantee of the show continuing and additional facilities being created for both patrons and, of course, the Love Life tribe. However, the first goal is to keep the show being produced. So please get behind the show and become a patron. I've got so many emotions going on at the moment recording these words. Much to be processed, no doubt. (laughs) However, for now, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my soul. Thank you. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.